You know what, Paul? We had a live stream the other day, mm-hmm. and we recorded some episodes, and we did this and that and the other thing. By the way, before we even get to that, go down in the description. We're also on iTunes and Spotify. Also, if it's your first time here and you love NFL and Buffalo Bills news, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and turn that red subscribe button gray, get your notifications. Um, the other thing about it, everyone's talking about the draft impact. You know, AJ, Moss, Hodges, Davis, Bass, from Jackson. There's one guy that this impacted the most, I think, and a lot of people really aren't talking about it, and I want to talk about it with you. The impact on third-year starter Josh Allen. Now, We do, just to give you guys a little bit of a preference, on Tuesday, okay, two days from now, we have an episode comparing Davis and Hodges for you guys. So we may not touch too much on them because, you know, quite frankly, that's not, as Paul said, this year's problem. (laughs) It's not going to really be this year's problem. You got Diggs, Brown, and Beasley. We're good. We're good right now. Okay, we're good. So this is going to be a problem for the, (laughs) there'll be a problem for the Buffalo Bills in a couple years. However, you look at the, there's only two guys left that mm-hmm. offensively were drafted by the Buffalo Bills. You got Jake Fromm. You got Zach Moss. I think for separate reasons, these are going to be very crucial to Josh Allen's progress and his development going into year three, which you and I have talked about so much. Who do you think has a bigger impact on him in 2020 because i know it seems like a slam dunk question but you never know we saw what happened with devin singletary last year yes right singletary came in with a bunch of usage um and he really was uh not a integral part of the offense although he played every week he wasn't an integral part of the offense till like what week 10 um you know like it's it, it took a while um and i think that was because they they were you know resting him up because he had such high in college um, but also that's pretty common for McDermott um, to kind of approach things that way. So while, you know, Moss, I don't think you're going to see a lot of right away. Yeah. Um, I think from has a bit more of an initial impact on Josh Allen. Ooh. And the reason is because Allen's never been a teacher before. I think you could probably say just as well as anybody, there's a lot of times where you learn while you're instructing. So Allen's never had to be that guy. Allen's always been the instructed. And there's a lot of times, a lot of different skills you can learn by teaching somebody what you already know. I think Allen's finally going to get that opportunity to kind of, you know, bring somebody along. I don't really think Davis Webb ever had that opportunity with Allen, uh, although they were in the same room together. Davis Webb's been on the practice squad. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think this will be the first time that a, you know, a real competitor uh, to make the 55 man roster is behind Allen. Uh, Not that he's going to give him competition, but I have a feeling Fromm's going to be sticking around for a while. I think Allen knows that he, uh, you know, I think this is Allen's first opportunity to really, uh, you know, bring somebody along and, and kind of teach them the initial ropes of being, uh, you know, an NFL quarterback. And I, I think that I think I'll have a big impact on it. I think that's number one. Thank you for stealing my point. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, no I, I think that's that's the, the the example that you set forth. I think is great is the fact that Allen, his first year, he had Anderson, 
and then Dable was in here. And now last year he has Dorsey, you know, and, and you know, in, in, instructing him. And Barkley wasn't really a threat to his position. And I personally don't think that Fromm is a threat to his position. But if you were to line up Fromm and Allen's resumes from college against each other coming into the pros, I think you would have a discussion. People would have a discussion. Played at Georgia. Played for three years. Each year that Fromm played at Georgia, his attempts went up, but his interceptions went down. The kid takes care of the ball. He does really well. He's played against elite competition in the SEC for three years. Now, the Buffalo Bills went out and drafted a quarterback two years after drafting their franchise quarterback. Now, I think that it's more of a... Why he was drafted, I think, is more of a financial reason. When we talk about Matt Barkley, the Barkley's on the last year of his deal. To try to get a quality backup in the NFL is going to cost money. Money the Bills are going to need mm-hmm. to sign other guys. Right. Okay, that's why I think they took Fromm. But the fact that they took Fromm and not anybody else, uh, I think says a lot. Kid's got a great IQ. He's played against top-level mm-hmm. competition. I, I don't think he's a threat to Allen, but... There's nothing in the books that says Allen has to teach him anything. There's nothing right. that says that Allen has to tutor this guy. I think the Bills were looking for a upgrade in their insurance policy over Matt Barkley. Mm-hmm. And that was cheap because they could have cut Barkley, not drafted from, and signed Andy Dalton as many people wanted. Well, number one, could they really sign him? Number two, the cost of signing him would have been far greater of a guy that's going to sit right. there and hold a clipboard for you. Now, right. from, you know, I, I love the IQ of the kid. I love in this offense, and we talked about this on the live stream. In this offense, you don't have to have a huge arm. Allen does, though. You don't need one. You really don't need a huge arm in this offense if you're able to diagnose the, the what's going on in the coverages. Um, and I'm sure that's true for a lot of offenses, but this specifically in the EP system, that's that's how it works. Um I think he does have a big impact on Allen, but not for the reason that you say. I think it's going to be not because Allen's going to be teaching him anything, because I don't think he'll purposely teach him anything. Mm-hmm. Now, I know Allen's not a bad kid. He's not going to purposely like try to do a Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers type deal. But okay. he's, you know, I think he's going to be focused on the task at hand. He's in his third season, and I immediately went and I'll, I'll disagree with you on this point even though I said I loved your points earlier, I think Moss will have a bigger impact right out of the gate because I think he brings such a different dynamic to your offense. Now, you don't have Gore who it's, oh, they're running, let's load the box. Moss and Singletary, I think, will be on the field more together. I don't think it's going to be one and one. I think they may be on the field together more. And that will only benefit Josh Allen. Hmm. Okay. I think the odds of seeing that uh, often, you know, are kind of thin, right? Because, yeah. uh, you know, Dable has never used two back sets. I mean, you wouldn't have used it this year anyway. I mean, a legitimate two back set. I we saw Patrick DeMarco like way too much. Um, I'm saying legitimate two back set. Oh, God. Like it, it got to a point where teams were like, DeMarco's on the field. Even if he runs out into the flat, don't even bother covering him. Does it matter? Right, I so was Doesn't yearning matter. for a TJ Yeldon Devin Singletary split back set. For a I know whole you season. are. I know, I know. Well, I want to bring up something that I think is kind of fascinating about Moss, uh, that kind of tails away from things that we've seen from the Bills in the past, 
and it's Moss lost 2018 to a meniscus, right? Ooh. And that's not normal for the Bills to be interested in players like that. And you saw them do it with Moss, and you saw them do it uh, with um, the kid that they uh, signed from Washington, Trey Adams. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, these are guys that have meniscus injuries, and the Bills had often uh, kind of stayed away from players like that. If they did have a, you know any any sort of injury, often it was two years prior, if at all. But they really like four-year starters. Moss, I mean, Moss certainly played for four years. He only lost four games to the to the meniscus in 2018. But only four games when you're averaging 20, 21 touches a game, that's 80 carries or 80 touches less. And he already had 712 throughout his college career. So you're talking about almost 800 total touches over the course of four seasons. That's a lot. Yes. Like there really is a lot. Um, So the usage on Moss, again, similar, not similar to Singletary because Singletary had some, you know, say touched the ball like 300 times for three consecutive seasons. They had some absurd number. Do you remember how many touches Singletary had? It was like 1,200 something, I thought. It was crazy. I will look it up right now. But it's, it is, it is fascinating to see that. Is this the new normal now? Like if the Mm -hmm. Buffalo Bills are ahead of the curve, Mm -hmm. um, if the Buffalo Bills happen to be ahead of the curve on, Running backs, do you stagger their contracts in order to keep them on rookie deals so you can put money everywhere else you want to? So Zach Moss, over his career, had 778 touches. Not carries, yeah. touches. Right. So Devin Singletary had 766 touches. Oh, damn. So Moss actually you know, has more mileage coming into the NFL, which in a two-back system really isn't that daunting because you're not going to allocate 350 carries to one guy anymore in the NFL. But Mm -hmm. are we starting to see the new normal? I mean, it's probably a discussion for another day, staggering running back contracts, but his impact on Allen is going to be immediate. I I think you have to – they will, at least I hope, would go to some two-back sets to help Allen. Now, let me explain real quick, and then I'll let you get to your point. From an offensive standpoint, if you have a two-back set, let's say you're running a two-minute drill. You want to have Brown, Beasley, and Diggs on the field, and you want to put Singletary and Moss. You want to have five skill positions. You put Allen in the shotgun in a two-back set. All right. You have Beasley in the slot, obviously, Brown outside of him. You have Diggs on the other side. What it does is it automatically keeps seven people in if they blitz which we knew was a problem in 2019. When they started bringing pressure, a little too much pressure on Allen, something came through. If they don't blitz, now you have to find two coverage linebackers unless you're going nickel. Okay? Now, what you have to do, if you're Josh Allen, is figure out which one of the cornerbacks is covering your back and throw it to the other guy. Right. So you have a threat in the receiving game that you didn't have before, which I won't mention T.J. Yeldon. You have a reset, but it it helps you as a quarterback in a developing quarterback is the fact that you can have a seven man protection here. But and I'll kick it back to you with this: you were not enamored with Zach Moss's pass pro. No. Okay, talk to me about that. Yeah, and I guess that's one of the things that you always are a little concerned about with running backs. Um, but I thought you brought up a, a an awesome point just a few minutes ago. Um, where you said, you know, maybe the Bills will cycle running backs. Yeah, maybe the Bills aren't concerned about meniscus injuries that were two years ago, right? Yeah. What, are you, what are you really worried about the long-term effect of a running back for? 
Nobody. Right? Nobody. Maybe college usage. What do you care about college usage? You're only going to be using this back for three years, four years. You're not looking at eight years anymore. Yeah. You don't look for franchise running backs unless, you know, you look at like a Saquon Barkley, uh, Christian yeah. McCaffrey. Like those guys have the makeup of, uh, of, you know, of franchise running backs. But then you have the Todd Gurley's of the world where, you know, they get beaten into the ground and then you find out they have arthritis in their knee. That's not going away. Right. <laughs> so maybe, maybe the, the path of least resistance is to say, okay, you know, how long ago was the meniscus care? Okay. It was two years ago and 300 touches ago. Yeah. I'm pretty confident that we're fine. Right. Like I'm yeah. not worried about the long-term impact there. Right. Yeah. I think we're good. Right. I think well, we're probably good now. You would have some reservations because of the style that he runs. Yeah. I, I sure. understand that, but go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I guess that's another thing is that you bring in a running back who's five foot nine, right? And some, I mean, that's, geez, that's eight inches shorter than some defensive ends inside the AFC East, right? Like there's, that's just a, that's a lot to ask of somebody, right? Like well, he, he not, can't bring a step ladder out there. Well, you know what? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to hammer you on this one because Singletary, we commended quite a bit his pass pro. In, in 2019, yeah. what he was able to do, mm-hmm. even not being a guy that came into the league with very much film on pass pro because they mm-hmm. were always in the shotgun. He was always taking the inside handoff on zone reads. Right. So he was able to learn it. And I think being with Gore, number one, we can't underscore, we can't, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We can't, what Frank Gore meant to Devin Singletary was so huge in 2019, having him as a mentor, having him in the locker room with him every day. Now, almost like the Josh Allen situation with Jake Fromm, you want Singletary to encourage Moss. You want him to teach him the nuances of the position and all what's going on. And maybe, maybe Allen will take the, um, the you know the the path of listen. I have to teach these kids this, this, and this. Okay, Devin will take care of this for Moss. And I got to take care of this. And, and you know, you know, you said it earlier. When you teach somebody something, you learn it that much faster and that much better. Mm-hmm. So. The impact of both Fromm and Moss, I think, on Allen is going to be, number one, a running narrative that we're going to have here at Hashtag Sports because I think it's huge, and it's going to be huge, and you may not hear it anywhere else. But I don't, I don't think we can underplay that, of what, what the, that pick in the third round of Zach Moss will, will do to this offense. Not so much giving, giving up a first-round pick for Stephon Diggs, which is huge, but what this kid can do to your offense, you don't have to change the philosophy of your offense. Mm-hmm. When he yep. comes in, if you do want to run a one back set, I understand that. But let's say you want to take Knox out of the game because you got to tell him something. Why not do mm-hmm. a split back set? What's wrong with that? I don't see anything wrong with it. Right, right. And it's an easy way to keep your offense on life support. Right. You don't have to do it often. Philly uh, did it against Buffalo. It was the first time they had used a two back set all season. Mm-hmm. You know, like it just adds another wrinkle to your offense. It just adds another thing for teams to have to prepare for. You saw Buffalo wasn't prepared for that with Philly. No, they weren't. No, they had no, no, they were not ready for that. And it seems like a no brainer when you have, you know, the backs that they had in Philly, you know, you know, you'd want to run a two back set there if you could, but yeah. the, Philadelphia hadn't done it all season. So it's, it adds a nice little wrinkle. Uh, to make it easier to adjust your offense throughout the season. But, you know, maybe from the pass pro perspective, they're not super scared of whether uh, Moss will pick up pass pro because this is a guy who loves contact. So what are the odds that he'll be a good pass pro guy eventually? Probably pretty good, right? Like he absorbs contact 
awesome. And so does Singletary. They're yeah. both hard to bring down. And that makes for good pass pro guys. So it's probably just a matter of time before he's good at it. But from what I saw, he just gets a little north with his hands. And, you know, you just can't play. You just, when you're five foot nine, you got to play the leverage game really well. Yeah. And he just, he just doesn't just yet. You right? know how you fix pass pro really quick? No. Send him in the route. <laughs> Send him out in the route. I was going to say, if you could dodge traffic, you could dodge a ball. <laughs> <laughs> that would be my solution. Necessary. <laughs> yeah, but it, the fact of the matter is, the Bills significantly increased the productivity of their offense by adding players they didn't need to add, right? Did they need to add somebody behind Singletary in the draft? No, they didn't. They could have done that in free agency. But they added Moss, which makes them a better team. Yes. They Did they need to bring in Jake Fromm? Uh, no, they could have brought in anybody from free agency. But they decided to bring in Fromm because, again, he makes your football team a better team. Because if you need him to start, you know he's going to be prepared, right? His three years at Georgia showed you that he loves to be prepared. Because mm-hmm. the, the, he, take, he takes control of that ball. You know, before the snap, he takes care of the football reasonably well. Yeah, he makes mental mistakes. You see that out of any any college quarterback. Yeah. Um, but he's a kid that is going to roll out there, and you believe he's going to show up for work every day. Absolutely, no question. I think I think one is because of what the Buffalo Bills were able to do in free agency and acquire talent. Um, they got they they got to play around in the draft, and what you're seeing is the epitome of Brandon Bean and his staff staying ahead of schedule, staying ahead of draft need. I mean, you're going to lose Matt Barkley at the end of this year. Resigning a backup quarterback is going to be tough. You needed a compliment to Devin Singletary since you weren't going to bring Frank Gore back, and you're unsure about the status of T.J. Yeldon in your offense, even though Brandon Bean raved about him. So what did you do? You drafted two players that are going to be on league minimum of two positions that would have cost you about $10 million in free agency. Now you can allocate those $10 million toward re-signing veteran players that are staples of your offense and surround Josh Allen with some consistency. Right. And you brought it up during the live stream. If you're going to re-sign Matt Barkley, he's a $7 million a year player. Yes. And he's he's a $1.5 million a year player right now. Which is amazing. So are you going to... Right, you're going to pay Matt Barkley three times more to do the same job? Of course not. No. Right? You, you got at that point, Josh Allen's a four-year starter. Yeah. Like you're not. You're not doing that. You're no. not doing it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So we. I mean, we may see the last year of Matt Barkley in this offense. We may see the last year of, well, not the last year of Devin Singletary, but I mean, last year of a couple guys. I mean, we we said it from when they went six and ten to ten and six. There's going to be guys that, on this team that you may not may not be here that you may like. Hopefully you didn't order those jerseys too early. Like just, you? Just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.